Hello, I'm Michael Brodeur, and welcome to Leaders Alliance. We are a global community of kingdom-minded leaders who are passionate about helping you become the world-changing leader that God created you to be. Join the conversation. Well, welcome everybody. My name is Michael Brodeur, and I am super excited to be with you today. Uh, we are going to be uh, including a couple of guests that are good friends of mine and people that I've admired and respected for many years, Steve and Cindy Witt. But before they do that, um, I'd like to just share a little bit about what we're up to. We are Leaders Alliance. We're a global community of kingdom-minded leaders who are focusing on the reformation of the church and the transformation of the world around us. You know, we are motivated by the fact that God is, is poised to move in our world, I believe, in what could be the next great awakening. And uh, we believe that that is going to include a great harvest of souls that are coming in. We're excited about that. But we also realize that the church is probably not quite ready for that. In other words, there's a need for us to up our game. There's a need for each individual believer to actually up their leader level so that we can become the people of God in truth. And so Leaders Alliance is a branch of Catch the Fire ministry. And uh, Catch the Fire began about 28 years ago with a massive outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Toronto. Uh, since that time, there's been many movements that have emerged out of it, such as Iris and Bethel and some of the others that have grown as a result of what God did at that original outpouring. And um, but, you know, what we're looking for is we're looking for a new season. We believe a new wave of the Holy Spirit is coming. And so we want to, you know, like a good surfer, get ourselves positioned well so that when we paddle into that wave, we can get the best ride we've ever had. And so this is what Leaders Alliance is. We have a special uh, month of open house that we've been doing. And we've had John and Carol Arnott speak. We had Jessica Tate last week. And then this week we have uh, some amazing guests that I'll be introducing to you in just a moment. And then next week, we're going to be focusing on marketplace ministry. We have a, a, a man that I met by divine appointment, uh, Bruce Nelson, who's going to be speaking to us. He was the CEO of Office Depot for several years and uh, is just an amazing business-minded man, but also somebody who's had a real experience in the Holy Spirit. And he's going to be speaking to us about his testimony and what God's doing in his life. So anyway, but as we get started, um, Steve and, and Cindy Witt have become good friends of ours. Diane and I, uh, we, we just love them a lot. We admire them. They were involved in the vineyard just as we were. They were also involved in the original outpouring of the Holy Spirit that took place in Toronto. And uh, and since that time, they've actually aligned themselves with, with Bethel Church. They've started a Bethel Church in Cleveland, Ohio. It's become a significant church in that region. And they also travel and minister in other churches around the world. And so I'd like them to come on right now. Uh, Steve and Cindy, could you join us? Excellent. Good to see you guys. And I'm excited about this conversation. Yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have fun talking about Jesus. Yeah, talking about Jesus, and we also want to you know take what you've learned through your many many years of ministry and how it applies, you know, oh, partnering <laughs> with the Holy Spirit yeah. to bring leadership to this world. And so, anyway, well, gosh, as we get started though, um, I'm just gonna pray, and then uh, I'd like you guys to share a little bit of your story as we get get rolling, and then okay. we'll go into some dialogue. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask your blessing upon this time, 
our discussion, Lord, that you would pull out the nuggets of truth that are buried in, in the hearts of these two amazing people, and that you, Lord, would feed each one of us, Lord, through that blessing. So, Father, be with us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So why don't you guys begin? Share a little bit of your story and, and how you uh, came into ministry, how you've been uh, advancing over the years. Yeah, well, it's it's a long story, but we'll shorten it. It's uh, it's like everyone's, you know, we, we, there's uh, there's various uh, reinventings of who we are and where we're going. And I mean, we've seen that throughout our whole lives. You know, I just referred to a scripture earlier you know, that uh, man plans his ways, uh, but the Lord directs his steps. Mm -hmm. We found that to really be true. Yeah. You know, we've had great plans. <laughs> some, of them, some of them work, some come together, but we see the directing of the Lord like a loving father who really wants to help us. It's this, it's this partnership of heaven where he really does care about our earthly dreams. A lot of people don't believe that. I do. I mean, he's, we have a bucket list. I mean, we love going to Italy. We try to get there as much as we can. Pandemic has messed that up, but yeah, you know, we love going out. There's a lot of things we love doing together. We we love being in Florida, you know, because of the beaches and everything. We we uh, we found out that actually is a picture of this. You know, I uh, I grew up in a union family. My father was a union leader. Cindy grew up in a actually when we first were dating. Her father said, I mean, the two things her father did not like were ministers and union, unions. <laughs> and uh, so she introduces me as a, an aspiring minister who's from family. It didn't go over very well. But uh, we loved each other and we wanted to, you know, work this thing out, get together, build relationships. So we did that in 1976, we first met, I think. Right. Yeah. <coughs> Tell them what that first date was like. Remember at the pizza party? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, we were from we we're from I'm Canadian, so we were we're from two different countries, and uh, <coughs> the Lord just, you know, the Lord directed directed both of us to bring us together in Springfield, Missouri, um, at Bible school. At Bible school, and, and she got her MRS degree. Yeah. Um, and so it's just amazing how God did that, just direct us. And I think we were so young uh, when very we met, young. you know, I was 18 years old. So we were very young. And uh, when I look back now, it's like, you know, Lord, you just absolutely directed our paths and brought us, you know, to the place of finding each other. And, um, you know, uh, young people today have this big, long list of what their expectations are, you know, of what. You lowered your expectations. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, didn't, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't have the great big long list of, of expectations, no, you know. No expectations. And we kind of just, uh, you know, got together and and we we knew it was the Lord, you yeah. know. Obviously, now forty three years later, whatever we are, um, so it's been an amazing journey over all of these years, and God has just, uh, you know, marked our lives all the way through these last forty. Three years, 44 years, 44 in years July. in July, oh, wow. um, and and we've we've morphed and changed and and saw him do amazing things and his faithfulness has been pretty dramatic in our lives. So we're That's blessed. So awesome. Yeah. Well, you guys have been part of different movements. Why don't you share a little bit of the mountain peaks of sort of what that's looked like over the last forty something years? 
Yeah, well, I was raised Assembly of God. We were both raised Pentecostal, really mm -hmm. ended up at a Pentecostal Bible school. So I thank the Lord for that, just yeah. to, if nothing else, to bring us together. And uh, she was in Canada. I was American. So there was all that going on. And and uh, we got married in 78. And uh, uh, I did the usual thing. You know, I got involved in a local church as a youth pastor. That's the way it kind of worked. And then you, you know, you prove yourself as youth pastor. You might work yourself to become a senior pastor someday. I was young, you know, and uh, the problem is the first church we went to, the pastor was having some issues uh, and they were getting, they ended up getting a divorce. So we were kind of thrown out on the street, so to speak. Four, four months, we lasted four months of ministry. I tell everyone I brought all the statistics down, you know, of how long <laughs> ministers last. So four months, I got very discouraged, I was depressed. Uh, so I thought I needed more education. I went to seminary and uh, seminary was a great blessing of the Lord. And then we started thinking about planting a church, which was not the cool thing to do back then. But uh, it was becoming cool, you know, so to speak. And uh, so we went out, we started planning a church. It was not Assembly of God. So that was our first, we went from kind of Pentecostal to this, this hippie, late 70s, uh, Jesus movement gathering. Uh, that, you know, and we were trying to be authentic New Testament people. And I could tell you all the stupid things we did to try to be New Testament, but it, it, wouldn't, That's funny. It, it wouldn't be edifying. So, but anyway, after a time with that, I, I started getting, uh, the Lord gave me a vision for Canada. And uh, we had been four years with the brothers, our fellow elders in the, uh, the, the uh, North Coast uh, Community Church in Cleveland, Ohio. But we, I had this vision, Ken, the Lord told me there was going to be a revival in Canada that would touch the nations of the world. This is, uh, <clears throat> that was 83. Uh, and so we started to get ready. My brothers did not fully understand that. I'm talking about my spiritual leader brothers. And so we ended up out in the street again. Uh, you know, church has been very kind to us over the years. And so we were, we were homeless, church homeless. And wow. uh, trying to figure out what to do. And eventually, another long story, we ended up finally going to Canada in 1986. So when I went to Canada in 86, I actually coupled up with the faith movement. So we went from Pentecostal to kind of whatever that early fellowship, <laughs> discipleship thing. Discipleship, yeah. I yeah. was tied in with some of the discipleship brothers. Now we're up in Canada in the Word of Faith movement. <clears throat> we... Uh, we're excited, though, because we felt we we're there on a word. You know, God's going to do something big, but he didn't. He didn't do anything big. In fact, he did things really small. Right away. Really small. Yeah. We started out with 27 people our first Sunday, and then next Sunday had 11. So wow. I, could write, I could do a seminar on, on church shrinkage, you know. And, yes. But but we, we stuck with it. We plowed through it eight years. And uh, the Lord told me I was going there for to 10 years. So I'm thinking, you know, we're in our eighth year and we went on a sabbatical and uh, that's when the Toronto blessing broke out in Toronto. We were in the vineyard movement at that time. We left the faith movement into the vineyard. Movement. I've been in seven movements, maybe eight now. I don't know. But anyway, uh, we jump on the trains as they come by and the, uh, <laughs> the vineyard movement was precious. We loved it. Made dear friends yeah. there, got to be with uh, Wimber, spent time with him. We were, one of, we were part of the leadership in Canada, the first one actually outside of the United States. <clears throat> so 
We had a great time up there with Gary Best and so many other sweet people that we met up there. But then the Toronto Blessing came, which caused a disruption in the force, you know. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, the vineyard movement uh, didn't quite know what to do with this thing in Toronto. And, you know, the John and Carol Arnett, John and Carol Wimber, and it was just, you know, it was, it was a rough time. Uh, but by then, when I got back to Canada after a 10-week sabbatical, that's when the Toronto blessing hit. I always joke the Holy Spirit showed up when I left, you know. <laughs> and uh, so we that's made right. a beeline to Toronto, and uh, we got blasted. I mean, I uh, it was an amazing. It was probably one of the top five spiritual moments of my life, maybe even higher. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but it restored my joy, renewed my joy. Uh, I was a, I wasn't depressed, but I was discouraged because we had this promise. We've been going on it for now 10 years, eight years in Canada, and there was no evidence of it. So this was very exciting to me. We got blasted. It was a long story what happened there, too. But we ended up a lot of time, carpet time on the floor, came back home. Cindy, what you remember that first meeting we got back in the upper room of our yeah it was crazy what, what happened well it, it wasn't anything that we weren't familiar with um you know a lot of manifestations and things both of us grew up in a in pentecostal you know charismatic churches but it was all at one time in one place yeah, 10x, 10X. massive yeah. massive you know involvement from, from everyone so it, it was just such a refreshing time um, for the Holy Spirit to move and people were magnificently yeah. touched and transformed. And um, it, it was just, a, it was a wonderful time. It was a phenomenal God yeah, came and, just and, in the next time. The whole region came to us. Like we started doing, con we had been doing conferences and we had Wimber in and uh, some of the prophets from Kansas City, Bickle and everyone, all kinds of people came in and great conferences. But this was like, uh, gas on the fire, man. It just blew mm -hmm. up. We were drawing 1,700 people in wow. our little city uh, coming from up from New England, all over the Maritime Provinces and across Canada. So what a wild two years it was. We yeah. went to the nations. So I went to, at that time, I think 30 nations. Uh, Cindy went with me sometimes. We had little kids, so she wasn't able to get out as much. We took teams. So we were, I mean, we were, we, we stepped into, in the eighth year, we stepped into what God had promised to me in 83. Right. Wow. And it, was, it was above and beyond yeah. really what we asked to imagine. So, but in the midst of that, he began to uh, speak to us about going back to Cleveland, you know, going back to the United States. So long story short, again, we did that. Did you feel that was a risk or? Uh... Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, moving to Canada uh... was a big risk. Coming back was even bigger <laughs> in some ways. We planted a church uh, really out of Partners at Harvest. Uh, Partners at Harvest had just started. I was a part of the apostolic team with John and Carol Arnott and Heidi Baker, Mark DuPont, and uh, 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 Fred uh, Wright. And so we started the movement, You know, started planting churches. Churches were coming in in the droves. Uh, they were no longer part of the vineyard. We were, we were now Partners at Harvest. Uh, met Duncan Smith and so many great people through those years and actually was there for 12 or 13 years uh, in that movement <clears throat> and and loved it. I, I There was nothing, uh, I didn't want to leave the movement at all, but the Lord did speak to me and told me that a new train was coming. I need to wait at the station and it would come. And I did that. So I got off the train and uh, waited. And the next train that came was a couple of years later. 
uh, was the Bethel Movement. And uh, I liked the Bethel Movement because it felt like a combination of Assembly of God, Vineyard, and, and Toronto, all in one, you know. And so we have loved being a part of that movement, yet we've also loved maintaining ties with catch the fire and uh, try my best to be involved in it any way we could to uh, to do that. So it's been an amazing ride, really. We've been in ministry as long as we've been married. Yeah. So that's almost, almost 44 years. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, um, <laughs> yeah, and you're also one of our advisors. And so for that's Leaders that's Alliance, right. which we really appreciate you guys uh, serving in that way and just giving us wisdom uh, you know from your great experience i'm always blown away by how parallel our lives have been <laughs> you, know, just, uh, you know just you know each of the movements that we've all been exposed to and how we've uh, walked it out and how in influential you know 94 was with the outpouring in toronto uh, it's just amazing to me i'd love to hear a little bit about the church you're pastoring right now um, you know obviously you built that church having this rich history in the presence of God. And the topic that we really want to get close to today is supernatural leadership, prophetic leadership. How do we lead in partnership with the Holy Spirit? And obviously, you know, both of you are very deep, you know, uh, Holy Spirit lovers and, you know, yes. listeners and so forth. So tell us a little bit about how this church started, how you've built it and where it's at right now. <clears throat> Well, it started on fire. I mean, in 90, 96 is when we started. We were I was two years into the Toronto Blessing. We were traveling all over the world. In fact, uh, I was six weeks into a new church plant and left for uh, two weeks to go to Australia with the team. Uh, took a team over there. So, I mean, the church from its birthing was like, well, who is this guy? Well, where is he now? And, oh, he's back now. Well, he's going again with the team. And now some of our people are going and people are laying all over the floor. I mean, it was just, it was, it was a beautiful bedlam really. And, uh, you know, I wasn't sure how to start the church. I, I didn't know. I knew I wanted to be a presence of God church where we focus on the presence of God, but I also wanted it to have order. I'm an ordered person. It's just the way I am. And so I was, I was, you know, working through that blend of, Okay, let's let's get the word preached and spend time in worship, but let's not quench the Holy Spirit. That's yeah. right. So I still feel that tension anytime I go to church. It's not a bad tension. I feel at peace about it, but it's like Holy Spirit. Right. I just feel <clears throat> I'm a part of the equation. Like, what what do you want me to do now? I, I mean, this is what we normally do. You know, you come here too, Holy Spirit. What what do you want to do here? And so we learned over the years how to create balloon-like structures, you know, that were not, that could blow up quick without bursting and could shrink back down in order to fit through a crevice, you know, that kind of a thing. It, uh, uh, we, we, and I think this day we represent that as a church. So we've gone through many reinventions. We've now been at this church. We just celebrated our 25th anniversary wow. last fall. And, yeah. uh, we're now the old guys there. When I went there, it was 38. Now I'm 65, so it's uh, it's a different environment. I mean, we've got old people, middle-aged people, young people. We are predominantly run by young people now, as far as the the core of the church and the worship, and they're all under 40. I know some people don't think 40 is is young person, <laughs> but anyway, 
it's a lot of young people and uh, uh my kids are involved uh it's it's honestly it is it's my favorite place to be i i've wow. never been to a church i travel all, all over the world i i like it i think these people are real i yeah. think they know what the spirit of god is and when the spirit of god comes they know like okay this is holy spirit mode this is what we do <clears throat> i mean they they quickly can move deep in the presence of god we've had so many things happen uh that are kind of random i mean some sunday mornings we go through worship we don't we don't get into preaching the word you know and uh sometimes the focus is definitely on the word of god and sometimes it's focused on the ministry time so wow. we have learned we I would say it's not cookie cutter, but it, you know what to expect when you come to our McDonald's. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the same burger. It's the same drink. It's the same fries. But, uh, but we, we try to create flexibility. Mm -hmm. uh, that's where I believe we're a prophetic church to hear God. You have anything? To yeah. Add? Probably the number one thing people say when they come to Bethel Cleveland is I, you know, I came either, I came through the door and I could sense that the Holy Spirit was here immediately. Or when we entered into worship, I yeah. wept the whole time through. Um, or this is the place that I've been looking Whoa. for. Wow. That, um, I knew that I needed to grow more in my spiritual walk. And I wasn't sure what where I needed to go with, you know, with that. And when they came. So I think think the goal and our vision for you know fostering an environment where Holy Spirit feels welcome has is what people really say yeah. when they come and which i think sets us apart from a lot of places a lot of people come they stay for a while they grow they mature in our prophetic training and Take what we have else. to offer um you know in 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 the ministries that we have to offer and then go somewhere else or go back to their home and try and, and say i you know i feel like i do that and bring what i've received here um, so I, I think that has marked us pretty dramatically. It's interesting that COVID, you know, uh, gave us a ding. We closed down for two months. Uh, we went online like most of the yeah. world did, <clears throat> yeah. but, uh, we came out of it. I mean, COVID had a spiritual impact on people. Uh, people became more shut in, less, less desirous of fellowship. Uh, they come out periodically, but there's still levels of fear. But I gotta yeah. say, for our for our church, you know, we still have people that are online only, do not come Sunday morning. We totally understand that. We don't pressure people, but we yeah. we've lost we lost probably a good twenty five percent of our church from twenty nineteen. Wow. We're regaining, we're regaining, we're growing that. Fortunately for us, financially, there was really no ding. Uh, we in fact, this past year we had our biggest year ever. Wow. Uh, and as far as souls saved, we had more souls saved last year than ever, even oh, though we have 25% less people. So awesome. uh, we've, we've, uh, we've, we've gone through the storm yeah. and I feel we're on the other side, but what it did for us, because we're now 65, I'm 65, is it, it brought us to a place of starting to look more serious about our legacy plan and transition. So for wow. us, the timing was perfect. And we're positioning yeah. young people to assume greater roles that they're doing. They're doing great. That's why we're in Florida right now. We can come to wow. Florida because they're doing such a great job. So we are excited about the future. I, I want to, I tell them all the time, I want to be the old guy in the front row. You know, I just, I just want to <laughs> cheer you on. 
I honestly so do. I don't, I don't care. <clears throat> I, I want to be involved at whatever level is helpful. Uh, so we have a 10-year plan, a five-year plan. We're moving on that, and so it'll be 70, 75. But eventually, I'm just going to be the, the guy cheering about. Wow. I think, I think the thing that we, you know, for me, we've come out through all these years with, number one, someone said to us years ago that constant change is here to stay. Yeah. And it's like, yes, constant change is here to stay. Um, I think we early on, we look back now. I mean, we've been through some dramatic things over the years. And when I look back now, you know, we look at the difficult things that we've gone through with gratitude because yeah. we know that how God has used it and how yeah. we came through it and how, yeah. um, how faithful that he um, has been. So we keeping them, it's always been Steve's heart really to keep the main thing um, you know, the main thing, the main thing yeah. you know, that, that Holy Spirit, welcoming Holy <laughs> Spirit to come and allowing him to do and, and move within the congregation because he can do so much more that we, than we can do. And um, that keeping that, and when people come and they have their ideas and they want to do this and we should do that. And, you know, when you church plant, a lot of times when you church plant, you get all kinds of people that are just satisfied in their places and they come and they have an expectation and, and right. we've always kept the focus. We want to foster, you know, the moving of the Holy spirit in this place. And so that's what, you know, when we try, you know, when we, when, uh, you know, things try to side when we re regain our focus and stay focused on the, the main thing that we're called to do that we, you know, feel that is our, our niche or whatever, or is important to us with, with who we are, our skills and abilities that we keep it focused on the main thing. And That's so, so good. Well, let me, let me uh, drill down into a little bit because you guys have functioned as a team really for many years. Obviously you have different roles in your team trip, um, but it's one of the things that I love about you and, and obviously even about some of the history we have within, you know, Catch the Fire is the, the value for husband and wives working together in the kingdom. But it can also be challenging. There can also be just, you know, we don't hear from God always the same way. We, you know, we, we don't, you know, so there's been seasons where I couldn't even pray with my wife very easily without <laughs> the challenges. And, uh, talk to us about your word of knowledge or what? Exactly. <laughs> talk to us about your teamship. How have you guys learned to function together, both uh, as partners in prayer, partners in ministry, uh, partners in goal setting? You know, all those dynamics. You know, give us a picture. That's a good question. I think uh, I think it's learning to appreciate what each other bring to the table, and realizing that that can be uh, trumped, uh, so to speak. Like even though I'm kind of a visionary, uh, uh, I've got structure component to me. I've got art component to me. Cindy has a lot of the same things. So you know, sometimes that comes together, uh, and sometimes it hits one another. That's and right. uh, we just we just learn how to uh, uh, kind of acquiesce when it's necessary and give grace and say, go for it, you know, uh, yield it. So she was caring for the children early on in this church. And we just talked about, was it 05? You came on staff. 04, yeah. 04, <clears throat> she came on staff and took, she has become the chief problem solver. You get, wow. I'm talking about IT stuff, uh design stuff, uh, people stuff, bookstore initiatives, coffee shop, everything. She helps initiate, 
structure, maintain those things and solve major problems. So she's become a person on staff when people face a major situation, they come and she handles that. I, I don't really do that, nor do I want to do that. Uh, I like to keep my head in the positive side of everything and <laughs> just keep plowing ahead to what's going to, it's like, I make the mess. She cleans it up. It's a great, yeah. great relationship. <laughs> and how does that fit I, for you, Cindy? It, it's, it's great because what we both, we, I am more on, uh, the practical administrative side of things. And, you know, Steve has vision to, to take over the world and I help try and figure out how you do that, you know? And, uh, and so she, she uh, localizes, scales it. Yeah. So how are we going to do that? So I can come up with a, a plan. And so I, you know, I've kind of worked my through way through every administrative position at the church doing, um, and just, so it's been let great. Let me say this though. It's let me really interrupt great. her a minute. She does do that, but, but at other key times, it's interesting. She's had the prophetic voice. We were waiting to build a building, the, 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 you know, T's weren't crossed, the I's weren't dotted yet. Yeah. I get kind of slow on that stuff, and then I move really fast, you know. And yeah. uh, I had got advice from everyone, everyone who understands these things, and my minister friends and stuff like that. But I was sitting home one night just kind of ruminating on it, and she said, I just feel you need to go big or go home. It was that simple. <laughs> and I mean, it did, it like, rung my bell, and I thought, we're going to build that building. I mean, the next day I called the architect <laughs> a year later, we were in a, another 12,000 square feet uh, building uh, Wow! because she said that. And I was like at a loggerhead. I couldn't somehow my, uh, it was just a mind lock and her simple words broke it up. So she does do a lot of details, but she also knows how to have a word that breaks that jam and gets the, gets the thing moving again. That's the prophetic word that I got during the Toronto. <laughs> That's right. That I was, I was like the strategic dynamite that comes along, and sometimes dynamite can blow things up for for bad or, or evil purposes, but it also builds and opens roads, you know. And, and they need to have to have that. So that's the fulfillment of that. Wow. Well, one, one interesting thing, you know, is we see couples really starting to work more together, you know, uh, away from the traditional role of the woman behind the piano and the, the man right. on the behind the pulpit. Um, and we see this partnership developing. And obviously, there's different giftings, different personality types and so forth. But uh, Cindy, what would you say to um, the average woman who's partnered with a, a you know, a husband who's, they're both called to ministry and yet they're really challenged by the way it's working out. They're having a hard time always being in agreement. You know, they're, they're canceling each other's leadership out a little bit. Do you have any thoughts? Like what kind of words of encouragement can you give from what you've learned? Yeah. Uh, you know, Steve and I are both really strong personalities and, um, and I guess my, uh, my, strict upbringing in Eastern Canada. Um, you know, I kind of have seen things. This is the way it goes. This is the way it goes. So those things, um, and Steve's much more of a free spirit. And so it's been, it's been wonderful for me because he is like that. And I've learned and shaped and, you know, and changed my perspective about things and grown in that. I'm, I'm organized too, though. I didn't, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, you do. You, do, you definitely really are. <laughs> you definitely are. But um, I think 
uh, I think you 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 have to kind of submit your your dreams to one another. I think that's the biblical principle yeah. to do that. To you know, uh, and, but I did come from a, a kind of a background of of um, you know, he's the lead. Yeah, he's the head at this moment. I'm sure. you know we lead together, but there are times you know that you have to give and take in relationship. You know, and as you right. grow. Um, you know, but God's going to make a way and open the door for you to fulfill what God's placed in your heart to do. And if you care and love one another, you'll, you'll navigate that. You'll figure out, sometimes I have to just go, okay, we're going, we're going where you, you feel. And, you know, honestly, for, for Steve and I, I've learned and I have grown to step back a little bit and trust him more because I've seen such the hand of the Lord on him. I like that. (laughs) That's so good. No, seriously. Yeah. I think there is that trust factor that is so crucial to really our co-workership and, and it's not always there in, in certain relationships. And uh, I think there can be. Well, you know, let me just say this. We don't, we, we don't, we don't clean the garage together. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, the way I clean it, the way she cleans it is different. Yes. Yeah, exactly. it, it's just not healthy. It took us about 30 years to realize that. <laughs> we realized, you know what? You go do that. I'll do this. Like yeah. we do better right. when we're separate yeah. on that. But there's also things we have commonality in a lot of things. And I would just encourage couples to find things outside of ministry. That yeah, you, you enjoy doing like we kayak together, we ride Good. bikes together, we walk together. Uh, we love geography, we love going places together California, Florida, yeah. Italy. I mean, Italy's become a big Italy's the, place. the place to go, yeah, it's yeah. a sole place for us. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, when we go there, it is, and we take a lot of a time off. We take, uh, you know, at the uh, I mean, 20 years ago, we started taking a month off at a time. Because we knew what we were doing, that we had to have time separate together to, yeah. to repair and nourish our relationships and to do things that build history for each one of us, yeah. sometimes so even funny. away from the kids, you know. And so we've got very good at that. We can leave now for extended periods and not be bored and not feel we need to hurry home yeah. to get oh, back gosh. to where it is. I think, us. you know, we always took Monday off. We always, and we tried to, years, yeah. yeah, and we didn't, we didn't do all, I mean, you can't always do that, but um, we Seldom just fostered a relationship that yeah. we have kept for all of these years. Cause I heard people say, you know, you did everything for the children. You did everything for the church. You did, you know, you gave of yourself for your life. And then when you came to a time, empty retire nest. empty nest, <laughs> like we didn't really know. We, they, didn't know <laughs> they had to figure out. The, so so we've done, we've tried to foster that side and, um, and we do, I think one of the things that helped me the most over the years is the, um, uh, where you find out what your personality is. Oh, What's the, disc profile. the disc profile. Yeah. Yeah. When, we, when we did that, it helped on like, oh, cause I came from a, a, you know, like, well, this is the right way to do things. You know, this is, <laughs> this is the way to do do it or this is how i feel how i feel we should because i you know for all of the reasons uh, i could give that we should and then when we did that disc finder whatever or the strength finder we did the disc profile but all of those they kind of help you realize not my way is not always the way right and and so um that really helped us see what our strengths our weaknesses were 
and just and why we like, needed each other and why we needed each other and why we needed to do the garage separately. So <laughs> <laughs> no, that's such a that's such good practical wisdom. Don't yeah. clean the garage together. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he saw the big picture and I was about all the details and let's start <laughs> And let's have a plan before we, you know, do it all. And and, and I throw some things away that probably should be. Yeah, that's right. Each, each person needs to have their domain, you know. Yeah, that's, but, um, that's exactly well, let's right. let's okay. shift in and talk a little bit more about leadership because you guys have been some of the stellar leaders that I've known. You know, you've built people really well, you know, and you've you've worked with them and and leadership. Obviously, there's some aspects of it that are very practical and structural. There's other aspects that are truly supernatural. And uh, you need to hear from God, you know, because you don't always see what's going on in a person's life when you're developing them or when you're releasing them. Talk to me about your experiences leading in the Holy Spirit. How have you been able to both partner the, the, the super practical, which we would say the super practical and the supernatural together? Yeah, well, I think in 25 years here, we've created a culture that we want more of God. And so that becomes the the apex of what we're going for and what we're loving to do. So, but we want to, I'm also a trainer. I was a Dale Carnegie trainer for nine years uh, wow. in three of their courses and uh, international United States and Canada, actually Maine, New Brunswick. It's not real international, but it's close. And uh, I learned so much in that, that it flipped over into my ministry and into my prophetic life that I I believe in uh, unction of the Holy Spirit, but I also believe in function. So I yeah. believe we do what we do, and then God does what he does. And so we train people, like uh, for everything we do, we call them PhDs, get your PhD, prophetic healing and deliverance. And uh, I trained mainly in the prophetic side of things, and it was very uh, regimented. I'd have them stand up, we'd put someone in front of them, Here's what you do. This is the culture you move in. And we've created really thousands of people through that, not only in the United States, but all over the world that borrowed or adapted from that model, you know, of just uh, speaking what's coming into your heart and how's do, how to declare it over them. So I think that's been a big part of it is that we are rooted in, I think, Bible school and seminary helped us, uh, gave us frameworks. I still believe in it. I would encourage someone day, today to do that frameworks, but you, you're not going to get heavy Holy Spirit there. So you have to find a place to get heavy Holy Spirit, but you blend those worlds together, the best of the spirit and the best of the word or the structure or the basis. Then you've got a seed and you've got good ground that's plowed up and that that's seeds good. meaning the good ground produces great fruit. And, and by the way, you got to sweeten the soil too. That means a lot of manure is going to be thrown into that in the midst of it. So over the years, even the difficulties that we experience right. become a part of the nourishment of the roots of what's growing out of our church. And I honestly think our church is just on the precipice of some of the greatest years that it's ever had. Wow. Growth, souls, touching multitudes and touching our city. And I'm, I'm sad in one way that it's, you know, so, so deep into my life, but I'm also happy that I'm able to be healthy and strong to watch it transition into a new generation. So I don't know if you have anything to add on to that about. Yeah, I, I mean, we've had uh, through leadership training, we've had a lot of people come in um, and uh, you just consultants and 
Yes, trainers, we've had trainers and... come, you know, leadership training all through, all through the years. And um, we've, we've done our best to try and help people find out what their gifts and abilities are yeah. and, you know, allow them to be in an environment where they can grow in that. Um, empower them and empower them yeah. we, we've sure learned a lot over the years yeah. you know and uh and how to you know shift and change with our culture and how yeah where we are in, in we're always dealing with that because we we minister in a fluid culture mm -hmm. there's always people that are pressing the edges and always wow. people that want to say it's almost like children sometimes can i touch this can i touch <laughs> this can i stand yeah. over there you know it's yeah. like no, no, we got boundaries right there, you yeah. know, but periodically we'll lift them up for, but it's the church culture, you know, and the, in the first century, most people don't realize there was, uh, the, uh, oh, shoot, what is it? The, the, the didache, the, right. the early the didache, training. Yeah. 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 The, didache, yeah. the didache, which is the training of yeah. the apostles, kind of like house rules. I think right. a lot of river churches do not have house rules and they end up <laughs> So, you know, that's not being contrary to the Holy Spirit. All of the epistles were Paul laying out house rules. Yeah. So I think we need to understand as apostolic leaders and pastors, okay, we've got we've got family rules here. This is the way we govern in this house. I had a guy get up and prophesy once who was not a part of our church, who was visiting. He commanded the whole place. I went up to him and I just kind of tapped him on the chest like this and said, that's it. And he stopped. He was shocked that I did <laughs> Big guy. And I stopped him. And he went, sat down, and actually never came back to church. I talked to him, tried to minister to him, but I just thought, oh, wait a minute. No, if you're gonna if you're gonna break in at that level, we're gonna have to deal with it at that level. Right, right, and right. So we dealt with it, but the church was relieved. The church wow. felt like, oh my gosh, that was so awkward, you know. And and not, I'm glad there's government here in this church, but not controlling government, not dictatorial. Yeah. Kind of government, but a hopefully a compassionate guardian of yeah. the values. And I want to encourage pastors: hold your values. Do not let people sway you unless you get absolute confirmation from the Lord. Move on That's your values. Good. Move on your home base structure. How you want to move. I have people pulling on me every week to stretch our our what we do in different directions. Do we yes. need to do more of this? We need yes. to do more of that. They go over there. That's probably the biggest challenge of ministry for me. And I just have to stand for sometimes I get pulled over there and then I realize, shoot, why did I compromise in that? Now I've got a mess I got to clean up over here. So I pull back in. So wow. we, we're still discovering what we're good at and trying to focus on that. We are good at the presence of God, number one. We're pretty good at empowering and equipping people. Good. And we want to be better at releasing people outside the church walls for transformation and so that's our that's our three things that's so great God, it's equipping people and it's transformation hopefully of a city someday so that's our goal wow. so just a moment ago you mentioned just being pulled in directions that weren't in the center of what god had told you to do as being one of the bigger challenges can you think of another challenge that you guys have faced in leadership or maybe a, a mistake you've made and how you overcame that to kind of get back on track. How long is this podcast? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we had, we have, uh, I think, uh, uh, you know, what comes to my mind is the selection of leaders and staff yeah. is a big deal. And getting good at reading that 
and trusting the spirit of God rather than what you sense in a person when you interview them. Because when you interview them, you're getting the best of the best, you know. Right, exactly. But then five days later, you realize, oh, okay, that, that may not have been who they are, you know. And so all of that is important, but it's also true with church because since your entire church are, are participators and uh, parts of the body, right? And, so, and you're helping them find their place. I'd say getting people in the right seat of the bus is probably been one of the greatest challenges we've, yeah. wow. we've That's had. So good. And it continues to be. We're getting better at it, but it takes years to really figure people out and know what's their agenda that they're trying to do. Sometimes you find out they came thinking that they were going to do this and you're leading them in this direction because it's really truly where their gifts are. That's I had right. someone tell me recently, I know that's kind of where my gifts are, but that's not what I want to do. And I'm yeah. like, well. you know, so it's <laughs> challenging. And when you've got, like we do, hundreds and hundreds of people, uh, it, it they all have issues, agendas, but but they're amazing people that, step up and move an organization uh, in a way that one person could never move it. And so uh, they, they, we've got one lady in our church right now running for Congress. Wow. We've got another guy who uh, <laughs> uh, created a cryptocurrency that's, that's going to do amazing things. We've got people that are just the world changers, you know, and they're not just not world changers in church. We have those too. But they're the ones who have taken the message. They're stepping out of that and they're creating. We got a, a woman who's our hug lady and she literally has quelled riots. She has uh, uh, driven demons out of demonized people with multiple <laughs> demons. She's like the roughest, toughest, sweetest lady that I know. Wow. And uh, we do Waffle House about once a month together. And uh, she's been one of my disciples for. 12, 13 years, you know, oh, so amazing. seeing those people come up into fruition and That's go so out good. and do amazing things is, is awesome. Yeah. Thoughts on that, Cindy, any, any other challenges that you would say you guys have faced and overcome or uh, staying in the boat <laughs> no. and, yeah. and keeping on and not, not stopping, not giving up. And I, I guess after we've been in, leadership all of this these many years that's another one of the things that people say thank you for not giving up thank wow. you for yeah. saying thank you for staying faithful thank you for you know keeping on it incur it encourages yeah. them because we we stay we keep on going well know? 25 years in a single congregation is heroic so that's <laughs> about the time that diana and i spent in what began as the vineyard and then became promised land was was uh 25 years. And what, what was interesting this morning is I was, I was reading the story of Joseph and uh, you know, he received some of his revelation, his dream at 17, it was 30 when he became, you know, so that was 13 years, but then there were seven years of famine. I mean, of, of abundance. And then another right. few years before his, so it was 25 years from the outset of the, of the promise. And that's the same with uh, with Abraham as well. You know, 25 years, 75 to almost 100. So maybe it takes seven, 25 years for a promise to reach its full fruition. But uh, anyway. For a person to grow into it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, we, we need to wrap up soon. But I, I want to go back to something you brought up earlier, you know, which is you just turned 65. I'm on the verge of 65. I think I'm two months behind you. Yes. And, uh, I know. 
And, uh, but you were talking a little bit about succession and, uh, you know, how are you addressing that issue at this time? Because I think that's one of the biggest challenges right now facing an aging pastoral population. And, uh, no, you know, it's, not, it's right. not very successful. I mean, it's, it's like in the 90 percentile of uh, transitions from baby boomers to the next generation are not working out. It's huge. Ones That's that right. are working out, there's a couple things that are happening. And I just got consultation on it a few weeks ago from some buddies of mine in San Diego. We spent about an hour together because they're in it right now. Wow. Uh, a lot of, uh, it, it's got to be somebody that you know is a carrier of the DNA of what you have as a church. They may have, sons yeah, sons and spiritual sons and daughters. They may have, you know, they're going to take it a little different. They're going to add pickles to the cheeseburger or something like that. I don't know. But, you know, they're not going to radically shift this thing to a totally different world right. because we've seen that happen. It hardly ever works. It falls yeah. about part because all the people that came came because they loved that particular vision and they loved that right. cheeseburger, you know. And yeah. so you got to find somebody. We we think we found a few people that, that could fit into that. Uh, specifically for me, it's a son-in-law who's a worship leader. He's a great preacher. He's also great skills administrative HR stuff. He's my executive pastor right now. Wow. And uh, so we're, we're training him now. If all of a sudden three years from now, he becomes a, he's a songwriter and he's doing really good. <laughs> if he gets famous and, you know, blows beyond us, well, of course we'll release that. We'll let him go. Yeah. But you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm betting on him. He's a, he's a dark horse that, uh, that I think heaven is really, um, double down the betting uh metaphors here but i i really it is there is a risk attached but so we're looking we we know the kind of person we want he actually would fit into that pool of people there may be others out there but we're uh we're we're contemplating that now and then we would go through a process over a period of time where we'd be less and less involved he'd be more and more involved we would the lights would dim on us the lights would shine on him my brother went through with the Church of a Thousand in northern Louisiana. He transferred to his son. In fact, some of the more uh, the more successful ones I've heard about, and there are a lot, are yeah. with either sons or son-in-laws or daughters, as in Bethel, Atlanta, went from yeah. uh, Steve Hales to Lauren Hales, his daughter. So uh -huh. I think that's I think that's good because I mean. Who knows your vision more than your sons and daughters? Yeah. But I also have spiritual sons and daughters that that are really uh, have great abilities also. So we're going to wait. We're going to see, but we think we're in the, we're now in we're in the process of it, and we're making the changes for it, asking for the Holy Spirit's uh, help in this whole thing because it it it's, it is not working well in a lot of places, and we want it to work well with us. We want a place for our grandchildren, our great grandchildren to be able to enjoy the presence of God as we've enjoyed it. Amen. Well, that's one of the things that I have really appreciated about John and Carol Arnott is, you know, John just turned 81 and uh, he was able to raise up Duncan and Kate Smith and they turned over the leadership. I think the first of all of our sort of river, you know, revival family people to really go through a full, uh, complete su yes. succession process, which I very much admire. 
And uh, but I do believe, you know, for all those listening, that this is one of the key challenges of our generation. Yeah, it's and like you said, Steve, it's it is something that is hit and miss. You know, there's a lot of people that are not getting the right transition in place. And so I think you guys doing it right, doing it slow, but doing it carefully. I believe. Well, let, let me just add this too. We, sure. we, just, we just worked through, I was an advisor for Covenant Church of Pittsburgh and Oasis Church in Columbus uh, from uh, the, the, the next phase of ministry for Bishop Joseph Garlington, who's oh. been a personal friend and a spiritual father for two several decades. And wow. uh, I was privileged to be a part of that. And we walked through it. And of course, there's very few gifted men like, like, like Garlington, he's an amazing. He's one of a kind. Preacher. Yeah, he's a right. singer. He's he's a one man show. I mean, he's just amazing, yeah. and, and the power and anointing of God on his life. So, it it would it was a difficult challenge, but you know what? He he went through it admirably, and now they've got a guy named Bill Thimbleris who's very similar similar to Bishop. He sings. He's a worship leader. He's a preacher, and he's wow. now overseeing both churches: the one in Covenant uh, Pittsburgh and. In Pittsburgh and then Oasis Church, and is also overseeing the movement that the bishop uh, oversaw, wow. which was, oh, what was it now? It was uh, restorate restoration. Uh, anyway, <laughs> whatever his movement of churches in South sure. Africa, the United yeah. States is, and wow. uh, it's just it's been a very you know it it has its bumps. Yes, because nobody's the same as the guy before. Yeah, yeah. You know, Moses and Joshua, very different people. That's right. But uh, but they they walk through it and they are walking in the uh, the benefit of that. So it wow. can happen, and I think we're learning to do it better. I think if people if if we're trying to do it slow, yeah. you do it yeah. slow, and some of the um, the tragedies that we've seen, I think too quickly they tried to to shift and you know you have to win the hearts of people yes you yes. have to win the hearts of the people in your congregation um as a new person you know leading or or this whoever's in succession um and and that's really important and that takes time you know and what they have yeah. more exposure they are before the people more win the hearts sure. of the people and steve i mean we've left churches yeah. before and steve's advice has always been um, you know, just don't do anything dramatic for the next year or so. Don't don't make any major changes. Yeah, exactly. Just allow the people to get to know you, to warm, you know, to carry warm towards culture. you, carry the same culture. And once they trust you and feel like, um, okay, then you can take them wherever you want to go. And uh, but it's very important and critical that you you um, you are able to allow the next person to. Um, be in a position where they can win the hearts of people. I'm hearing five so years good. a lot with people that are transitioning. They're they're looking at five year periods. So I don't yeah. know, but I, that's kind of what we're looking at too. Is a five year. Uh, we'll still be there. We'll still be involved. Yeah. The transition would be five years. So I think mm. that may be a in our culture right now a good possibility. That's probably a good a good time frame. Well, Steve, let's let's wrap this up with a final word. Like if you could speak to a leader out there who's saying, how do I grow in my leadership? How do I grow in the scope, the impact? Is there like a, a couple of keys that you can put in their hands right now as we wrap this up? Yeah, go deep before you go out and go up. So <laughs> I think, I think uh, the development of your soul is the single greatest important <laughs> thing. It's kept us from divorce. It's kept us from 
whatever tragedies might might come our way. We've walked through several major health issues. You know, it was the it was the soul and the development of the soul that kept us going through it. So wow. uh, study that. Go to the go to the the Catholics like Andre Nowen, Henry Nowen, uh, 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 and some of the others. Uh, I'm just reading one now, but there's so many great things that you need to you need to learn the geography of your own soul. And then fill, let the Lord fill your, he said, the Bible says he restores our soul. Your soul has to be strong because it is the, yeah. it, it is a governing part of your earthly capacity, this temple. Run by a spirit, touched by the spirit yeah. of God, but develop your soul, learn soul places, learn how to be, learn to have soul friends and uh, learn to have soul things that you do to keep you in harmony with the Lord. So that, that's what I'd really advise. That obviously ties in with presence of God and reading scripture. I read scripture every day. I read books every day. I try to, to stay deeply entranced. I feed my soul so that in times of uh, a difficulty and famine that I can, I can make it through. I've got enough inside of me to carry me. There's a deep well that I've been digging for 40, 40 years, you know, and I, I dig a lot yeah. faster in recent years than I did in the early years. Wow. Yeah, that's so good. Well, bless you guys. It's been such an honor to have you on this call, and uh, I hope that Thanks, you know people listening in the future will just you know be able to be blessed and to take some of the tools that you've put in their hands. Also, thank you so much for continuing to be you know advising us as we build this thing. We're you know we're going as fast as we can under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, and so um, anyway, uh, Indy. Thank you as well for being on this call. You know, we need the voice of the, the women in our midst and you've, you've represented so well today. So thank you. Thank you, man. Bless you. Thanks. Bless you. Well, God bless. And could you just pray a, a closing prayer over everybody who's yes. listening to this? Yeah, Lord, we just speak the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, Holy Spirit, come visit everyone that's listening to this. Even if it's a year down the road, Lord, you listen to this for a reason. God wants to spark your heart. Do not give up. Put one, put your head down. Put one foot in front of the other. Go through from strength to strength, glory to glory, faith to faith. God will take you into greater dimensions. Read Psalm 84. Memorize it if you have to. God will take you into the very courts of the Lord. He will open heaven to you, and you will be able to respond resist and move solidly through everything that is thrown before you in life. And at the end of your life, you'll be able to say, I fought a good fight. There was a fight. I fought a good fight. I finished the course. There was a race. And and I've kept the faith. I've stayed strong in the midst of it. Then the Lord will, will usher you into his presence, into the presence of God that you've already experienced. And I bless you that surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you guys, and Amen. hopefully, we'll be able to hang out soon. Take yes, care. Sir.